Hey everybody, Mike here. This episode is brought to you by These Bites. They're uh, an international bite with a Brazilian flair. These are the world's best empanadas. Go online and order them today at thesebites.com. All right, welcome back everybody. I'm your host Mike Corio along with my good friend Chuck here. Hey, hey. And we are kicking it here in the Kicking It Media studio. And uh, this is the Can We Kick It podcast and we are back after a long break over the weekend. We're uh, back, baby. Yeah, how was your weekend, Chuck? What'd you do? Was good, man. We did. Um, I drove to Mississippi last week, yep. Ole Miss, um, Oxford. Drove, drove there, and then after Dylan's meet, drove back nine hours on Friday. So got in about two a.m. Saturday morning. Slept in a little bit. Uh, ran. Went to the Arcar Parade, which was pretty cool. Um, I took some. Pictures of some slab cars. Everybody yeah. liked the art cars. I don't know if you saw the. I accidentally posted it from our account. <laughs> on our account, of, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, no, I saw that on there, and I was but like, "Hell yeah!" It's very indicative of our style, bro. It's true. It's true. So, um, yeah, anybody not from Houston doesn't know what slab means. It's slow, loud, and banging, <laughs> and you know, it's kind of our take on, um, on the like kind of low rider style, um cars right so it's how this podcast is it's a slab podcast we're yeah we're slab. slow loud and yeah. banging <laughs> <laughs> so it's i mean it's a, houston's got a very distinct like hip-hop culture car culture so um i was more enamored with that than the actual art cars that everybody else was more enamored with in the group so um enjoyed that and as i told you there went had a Paid thirty nine dollars for a lobster roll, so you get a lobster roll story too from your trip. <laughs> yeah. Sunday ran thirteen point one miles. Legs still recovering today, and um, yeah, so busy, busy week so far. Um, as you know, we're recording on Wednesday, and we're gonna release on Friday. So uh, busy start to the week as always, but um, pretty good weekend. So, what about you? It was a busy weekend, man. Yeah, you were busy. <sighs> Dude, I was up in Boston, left for Boston thir- yeah, Thursday morning at, like, flight was at 6, so I left I left the house at, like, 3 a.m. And uh, got into Boston and just went went up there for the Frozen Four, which is the college hockey national championship. Um, and it was good. Put down a couple of bets, and some of my bets turned really well. Uh, you helped me out with some of those, but... Uh, yeah, thanks for what may ride on the back of your Denver bet. We got uh, lucky. <laughs> Yeah, so Mike calls me, um, or texts me, I think it was, what, Thursday night or Friday? It was, it was Friday. It was Friday, yeah. Says, hey, uh, no, it was, it was it Thursday. It was Thursday night. Yeah, it was Thursday. after the DU game, yeah. Or it was during the DU game. I'm driving through Louisiana, and Mike's like, it's 3-3 Denver, Michigan right now, going in overtime. I'm like, hmm, let me go on and bet, <laughs> yeah. do some live betting, and... Mike had the Denver over Michigan bet already and said, let me ride on the back of Mike's bet. And so he texts me back 10 minutes later. It's like, Denver. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yes. Yeah, baby, won three to two in overtime. It was amazing. And I was going to go against you, but I figured <sighs> since you're the hockey man of Houston, Dude. I'm going to um, – Ride, ride your bet, and it won me twenty bucks. 
Yeah, I think when you about forty, so yeah, I put down twenty 50, and I won something. like forty-seven bucks off yeah. of it. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, Denver won; they were the underdog that beat Michigan. Yeah. Michigan had like six or seven draft picks that have already been drafted by the NHL. I mean, oh, they really? were stacked, and they just came out flat. I mean, Denver yeah. was taking it to them really aggressive early on. Anyways, it was an amazing tournament. And then yeah, we put some money down on the final, and it was Denver over uh, Minnesota State and. It was rough, man, because Denver was down like one to nothing for the yeah. first two periods, wasn't having any luck on the ice, and then in the third period, Denver rattles off five straight goals. Yeah, you put a you put a fitty on I that. Put one. a fitty on it. Yeah, I should have rode. I should have rode you on that one too. I just, I, I actually, because I did. It, I, I should have rode that. But by the time I thought about it, I was already back in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, that won me like 90, 92 bucks, man. It was that yeah. was a sweet win. I, I couldn't believe it. It was I had lost my voice by the end of the game, just shouting. And we were row eight behind the net. It was yeah. like best seats we've had at a Frozen Four ever. It was amazing. Yeah, the pictures you sent were nice, man. And yeah. that it was at TD. Yeah, TD Center, Garden. T yeah, the Garden. And, yeah, and Baston. Yeah, Baston. Yeah, it amazing stadium. Like they must have just re- renovated it like a couple of years ago because it was really well. It it's underneath. It's like. It's underneath a hotel. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Like, it's built on – the hotel's built on top of the arena, but – That's uh, kind of like Madison Square Garden's ex- underground. And, exactly, yeah. You know, or the – Yeah, the train station is under the garden, and, yeah, it's it's just crazy. It was it was really cool. I'd love to see a Bruins game there uh, yeah. or a Celtics game. It was awesome. Well, I also got – I got in two additional bets that I won. We were – literally on my DraftKings account, <laughs> we were 5-0 and at one point yeah. over the weekend. So, I bet – Everton to beat Man United, smart man, one nothing, which was, uh, I figured it just felt right. So thank God, I've I've put some, I've won some good bets this this year on soccer. Which you know, it's funny. Like Mike and I were talking, the only time we typically lose is when we bet on stuff we don't know, like golf and NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. When we bet on Mike was like two and zero in hockey, and I was. Two and on soccer and one and on hockey, riding Mike's bet on the weekend. So we may have to to have a, a kicking it media podcast about yeah, hockey and soccer and, uh, yeah. gambling. <laughs> Dude, for, yeah, because you picked Tiger Woods and Dustin Johnson in the Masters for some decent turns. Which good call on Tiger Woods. Tiger, you never know Tiger was five dollars to pay one eighty five. Yeah, so, I mean it was bet. easy yeah. to just. And especially after the first day where he was kind of still in contention, but yeah. you know, and, and Dustin made Johnson, the cut. yeah, they both made the cut and they were both in in at least striking distance. But then it didn't turn out. Yeah, right. and I threw money on on Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas, and I think Johnson finished higher. Yeah. Uh, but yet yeah, neither of us won that one. And then <laughs> I threw money at the NASCAR race. Just it was <laughs> Martinsville. I mean, I think Truex was the defending champion and. Uh, Chase Elliott won the championship like a year or two ago, so I was like, "Whatever, I'll throw money at that." Five dollar bets. I didn't win anything. Yeah, I, I think the only thing I won this whole weekend was on hockey. So. Yeah, me. Oh, I put money you still on came Liverpool. Out ahead. Yeah, I came, oh yeah, I came out. I think I broke even with that because okay. I, I dropped another fifty when I was in New Jersey. Uh, did you uh, put the, all that on Liverpool? No, no, uh, I put it on the NASCAR yeah. race and and stuff like that. But yeah, I think I broke even. But yeah, Liverpool, I put money for them to beat Man yeah. City, and they mother freaking tied they, they drew so yeah i watched the highlights of that i watched the first like 20 minutes and it was one to one and i knew i was uh, going to a brunch 
and so I didn't get to see the rest of it. But I watched the highlights. It seemed like a pretty tense game and a two to two. Um, yeah, I was I was on the plane and I, I couldn't stream. It was it wasn't on Paramount. It was it wasn't on Paramount and it wasn't on Peacock. And so all I could do was follow the the gamecast on ESPN. And it was like <laughs> I was like, all right, here we go. And I'm sitting on the plane and it's like. Yeah. One and nothing, Man City. Four minutes, and I was like, yeah. "Fuck!" <laughs> and it was like, "Score, one one Liverpool." And I was like, "That's oh, because you God. placed that bet in New Jersey." So <laughs> yeah. the time that I did that landed, <laughs> yeah. I placed a bet, Man United to beat Man City, and four minutes in, Man City scores a goal, <laughs> yeah. and they go on to win four to one. So yeah. Rule is to never bet against Man City when you're in New Jersey. Yeah, that that must be the case. Yeah, yeah. It was like I think it was like they went two two, and then like I saw like the plane was I had Wi Fi on the plane. I paid for it, and it was like it was like "Eh, Man City three two, and I was like, yeah, oh my god, what happened? I couldn't see anything. It was offside by like a finger. Was it? it Was that's what it was? Okay, yeah. I never looked it up after. I was just like. Okay, they must have gone to like uh, uh, VAR and they, yeah. they overruled it. Yeah, it was it, so. a lengthy VAR. Yeah. And then it was like they went to like four or five minutes of you know at a time, and I was like, okay, Liverpool's got a chance. They're gonna they're gonna make yeah. it. And then they 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 tied. I yeah. was like, shit. So oh let's well. get back to hockey for a second. How did yeah. you get into hockey? Being from Houston area, that's a good question. I got into hockey when I I moved uh, craziest of all things when I moved to Midland, Odessa, West yeah. Texas to, for work. Um, some buddies and I that I had recently become friends with was like, I was like, I want to go to a hockey game. It just turns out there was like this like triple A hockey yeah, team. Yeah, minor league team. The, and The Odessa yeah. Jackalopes. <laughs> no, n- knew nothing about them. Never been to a hockey game before. Guys night out, four of us all sat on the glass, yeah. like right on the ice, banging on the, like gla- like you see on TV and shit. Yeah. People were laughing at us. It was hilarious. Anyways. So I was, I was getting into hockey, and you know I grew up like a Seinfeld fan and all of this stuff, and yeah, and devils. around <laughs> the Devils, yeah. <laughs> around that time, you know the Rangers were making a, a, a nice run. I think they won yeah. the President's Trophy, President's Cup, whatever it is, and they they were going to the finals against the LA Kings, and I was like all in. I was like, here we go. I'm into the NHL. I went to a uh, I went to a Blackhawks game with a buddy of mine in Chicago, yeah, and loved going to games in person and. And so, of course, then the Rangers lose, like, in five, I think, to the L.A. Kings. It was brutal. Um, but, yeah, I, I move out to West Texas in the middle of nowhere and fall in love with hockey. And that's how it's been ever since for me. And now I go every year to the Frozen Four, minus the last two because of COVID. It's just, this was my third Frozen Four. Next year it's in Tampa, and I, I can't wait. Um, but that's how I got into hockey. I mean, did you – you know, your family's from the Northeast. Did you yeah. just grow up hockey? Yeah, I mean – it wasn't that big, like, in my immediate household. Um, but I did. It was funny, though. My parents told me that when I was little, they would take us to the old Houston Arrows games. At, like, oh, yeah. Gordy Howe. And, yeah. You know, that was a big deal like at the sons. time. Yeah. So we would go when I was little to the Arrows games. And so when the Arrows came back as a minor league team, I used to go all the time. And... The kids would go um, as well, and I would get tickets from a trucking company or something. That was back when it was, like, all cool with certain companies that you could just get free whatever yeah. you want, yeah. which is not the case today. Uh, but <laughs> this company would always give me Eros tickets and Astros tickets, and it was center ice, like, 10 rows up, 
it's just great. So I'd love we go we go we go to a lot of arrows games every year, and of course then they move. Yeah, it's so, it's been like ten years that we haven't had like hockey at some level. I, I still don't. In Houston. I guess Houston is it's hard. I think it had a pretty passionate small hockey fan base here the supporting the arrows but i i would love to have an nhl team here i want it and i think what would help bring in be successful is so many transient people that live here yeah not transit and homeless which is but transient is people moving from all different especially from the northeast and melting pot yeah yeah so there's so many different um regions represented here that you're gonna have people coming just like in florida where they go see when people go to tampa bay rays game to watch the yankees or the red Sox or whatever so you're gonna traveling the blackhawks come the rangers come right oh it's like kings come you know when you go to an Astros game and like the cubs are in town yeah there's a lot of people from chicago here yeah and it's just like is this a cubs game or an Astros game i mean it's how it was a few years ago it's not so much anymore but there's so many people that have been transplanted to houston because of work and better situation that i think at some point we will have a hockey team yeah i really thought we would get one with fertita like the one they gave to Seattle. Oh I yeah, the expansion team. The yeah, Kraken, yeah, yeah, the Kraken. I thought, I thought I thought Houston was going to get that. Uh, I was kind of surprised. Nah. We're going to get it. We're going to. It's going to be the cheaper option. It's for Tita, man. We're going to get a relocation team. It's going to be. It's going to be Arizona. I think that's what I say. The Coyotes, the Coyote or Pan- maybe Florida Panthers, or yeah. Um, I think there was talk lightning. of uh, uh, Vancouver, I think, recently, but they just landed a new deal on a stadium, so that's out. But yeah, I think Arizona is going to be the. I think that's the weakest link in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting to see how Nashville loves like the Predators, dude. dude. Yeah, Dallas loves the Stars. Some of these, we're just like Tennessee, man. Like, let's be honest. Like, the Titans haven't done a whole lot as a football team, but. They could suck, and more people were there than at the. I mean, you and I went to a Texans game this year, and they were horrible. There was like five thousand people in the stadium, <laughs> the eighty thousand seat stadium. It's been a bad year to be a Texans fan. I'm just saying. But but the but the thing again is is Houston and being a Houston fan, that will support a winner. Yeah. But if you're tanking or losing, yeah. I used to go to Astros games. Back in the run, they're like four season run of 100 losses. Yeah, early 2000s. And yeah. I would and pay later. Oh, yeah. like 2011 yeah, yeah. through the whatever. Yeah. I would go and pay $5 for a standing room only ticket or upper level ticket and go sit like right behind the dugout yeah. because no one was there. There yeah. was like, there'd be a thousand people at the game yeah. or 5,000 people. Even though the announced attendance would be like 20 some thousand, there was nowhere near, <laughs> yeah. you know, going on Monday night. Yeah. And, I think Houston is a fickle sports town. But there's so much to do. I mean, there and it's so spread out. So, like, yeah, that's true. You have other cities that are more condensed. Better transit. Better transit. Dude, getting in Boston, yeah. our hotel was literally like one block away from the Orange Line. We'd get on it, yeah. we'd ride three stops, we'd walk out of the station. We were literally at the corner of the stadium. Yeah, Houston did. has nothing like that. I mean, we have it, the monorail, but come on. I think when Dylan was about 12 and we were up in New Jersey, him and I drove to Boston, stayed in like Quincy. Yeah. And the hotel was right next to 
I forget which train. It was like seven minutes we were in, yeah. in Boston and then a subway over to... I mean, it's just... We don't have that here. No. You, you live in Katy or wherever. I don't live in Katy, but that was just the first thing that popped in my mind. Yeah. But it's going to take you 40, 30 minutes to an hour to get to a game. There's a lot of... Because traffic. Cause, I-10 is, is one of the most congested freeways on the west side of town. Getting from Katy into Houston during, like, traffic hours, it's going to take you an hour. Yeah, instead, there's no... I mean, if you had... A transit option. We don't have that mass transit support, no. um, so I think I think it would take a lot to get that consistent support, especially if they're in the beginning and they're, you know, first couple of years. If they're football's a different animal because for whatever reason, this year was was the first year kind of a scene where like everybody stopped going to games because even in their bad years. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like football, football, the yeah. football. Texans yeah. sell out another season of yeah. season tickets. <laughs> Mark like. Randomer. <laughs> but it, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's just. And, and, and I called into a sports network one time. I was up late, and they were talking about hockey, and I was, and they were talking about the Kraken, and I asked them, you know, what are the odds of Houston getting an NHL team is? And, you know, they said it's pretty good, except you don't have the young fan base. Like, like football is big here because we have like <laughs> little league and minor league football, yeah. and it's like bred into them young. Like Boston and and like the Northwest and Canada and all that shit. Like they play hockey since they're like f- yeah five. Right, my cousins in New Jersey grew up playing hockey. Exactly, like ice my hockey buddy from and Chicago grew up playing hockey. Like it, and yeah, we don't have that base. So I have friends that grew up like playing roller hockey. Yeah. We we used to play. My brother and I would play in the backyard, and I would be goalie and tape pillows to myself, and we'd have rollerblades <laughs> on. And he would skate with one on one with me, and I had a goalie stick and a glove. I used a baseball glove. Yeah, and that's what we do in the backyard. Yeah, man. We had friends that played roller hockey, but there was no place to play ice hockey. And then, you know, they had a place in Clear Lake popped up, and then the one I think the Aerodome and Sugarland or something. Yeah, popped there's up. one in Sugarland. Yeah, I, is that still there? Because I know the Clear Lake one shut down, so there's not even. I know the one in, in Sugarland is still there because it's they have like leagues, and it's okay. over by First Colony Mall. And I met somebody somewhere who like plays in like an adult league. Yeah, and and so it's like okay, oh, there's, I, there's a, a presence out there. A guy plays soccer with the uh, in an indoor team. I haven't played in a while, but in League City. He grew up a hockey player in Wisconsin, and but didn't go to. He went to college for hockey, but not soccer. But he plays both, and he plays in adult hockey league at the in Sugarland. Where you're talking, or nice. first, where wherever that one is. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean that like that's what we're missing is that growth, right? Like we're, of, we're one of the last few major markets that doesn't have a hockey team, dude. Yeah, we have basketball, we have baseball, we have football. Hockey is the last fourth major sport that we don't have. Yeah, it'd be nice to get hockey. It's I think a great we'll get sport. It. It's it, in the next five years. We'll probably they'll probably announce that we're getting a hockey team. Probably going to be Arizona. I'm going to be one of the first people on the season ticket list. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, I think I would uh, at least try to go to a lot of games, if not uh, make sure to support it. Because I mean, the first thing I do when I go every time I go to New Jersey, I look to see if the Rangers are playing. Yeah, because I want to go see a game in the Garden. <laughs> when, when I got so flying back from Boston, I had to lay over in New Jersey, and I was like five minutes from missing my connecting flight to Houston. Yeah. And I told myself, okay, if I get stuck in, in New yeah. Jersey for the night, I'm taking the train into New York. I'm either going to go see a Devils game, an Islanders game, or a Rangers game. I don't give a shit who's playing. I'm yeah. going, right? 
I don't know that the well, season started the yet. Devils, but, you would be near Newark. I mean, uh, yeah. that would be close. Yeah, it would be closer. Uh, but, yeah, but yeah, Brooklyn. I mean, that's that's it's so weird that the uh, Islanders are in Brooklyn now, so <laughs> yeah. Long Island. But of course, I just said I don't know if the season started yet. But my God, they're near the end of the season. I don't know what the yeah. The Rangers quenched the playoff berth already. Yeah, yeah. I saw they won like five to one the other night. Yeah. yeah. So I was when you're up in that area. I mean, that's just how you and I are. Like, yeah. I'm going to go to a hockey game. Yeah. Because it's awesome, and it's a team that I haven't seen. So yeah, I, I really hope we get a team here. And I, I I, know I've signed a petition to get a team down here. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, so that's been Hockey Talk with Chuck and Mike. Yeah. Hockey Talk. Hockey Talk, uh, yeah. Uh, Checking but, on the boards. But yeah, man, so it's – we both agree we need yeah. we need hockey in the H. So it was a good uh, weekend for hockey for me. I mean, I'm all about hockey right now, so I can't wait for the Stanley Cup you know, playoffs coming up. But – we talked a lot about that. We talked a lot about betting. You had yeah. a good weekend in Oxford. I had a good weekend at Boston. Um, we've been. Uh, I think we're going to talk about the dropout. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about. We're gonna wrap up the drop up. We're not gonna go in depth, but we're yeah. just gonna give our kind of thoughts of the season. We're gonna. Mike's gonna give. Um, his experience at the movie theater yeah. seeing a IMAX IMAX movie ambulance ambulance yeah so it's really loud <laughs> and then well I'm gonna talk about Donald Glover and Atlanta yeah. in the third season of Atlanta that's coming out and Perfect. maybe maybe we'll talk about a little about Gerard Carmichael who's um, made some news uh, over the last week or so so uh, stick around and we'll be back after this. And we're back. <laughs> and that we're a, back. Was that a question mark, Ron Bergen? And, and, and we're back. I'm Ron Bergen. <laughs> I'm David, Mike, who put a question mark on the teleprompter I'm again? I'm Mike Corio. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Another late night in the Kicking at Media Studios. That's for sure, yeah. So, um, back from Boston. Dropout. Watched the last episode of Dropout on the flight into Boston. Ooh. Yeah. And... The whole show, the whole premise, dude, is insane, right? Because the last episode is how they get caught or how the things start to unravel yeah. for them at Thurdos. Thurdos. Um, and so, right, Tyler Schultz is the whistleblower along with Erica Chung. And, um, you know, Tyler's grand, you know, he's, his grandfather is on the board and his, his grandfather used to be like secretary of the treasury and secretary of like defense or something like that. Um, nobody believes him, like not even his grandfather and just these guys have nowhere to go. And it, it's this great look into like whistleblower, like protection is needed. I think it's, yeah, I think that's a great point. I think it's a great look at culture itself yeah. and how we are today where, you know, there's an episode in this called Old White Men. Yeah. And it's about Walgreens and they're just, everybody just eats up everything that Elizabeth Holmes says. But they, they're literally just fumbling Everywhere they go. And people just keep buying it. And everybody's looking to be a part of something that they're just giving her money, right? Yeah, right. So for those who haven't, I don't know if you've listened to the last couple episodes, we've talked about the dropout before, right? It's about Theranos and this failed startup in Silicon Valley about creating this medical device that can test your blood, but only one drop of blood is supposed to a whole vial and they can do thousands of tests. And it was all a scam, right? It was 
millions of dollars invested, and the company was eventually valued at like nine billion dollars. Yeah, nine nine or nineteen. Something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And it made her like the youngest, richest person. Like and she was being, ever. It, she was meeting with Clinton, Ob- uh, Obama, Biden. Yeah, uh, doing all these. A- ambassador of like women's rights or yeah. something for like, like the Obama Foundation or something. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like the influence that this like woman managed to the heights that she managed to reach, and all the it's just a house of cards, dude. Yeah, it was all bullshit because they never could get the machine to work, and they decided to bypass like uh, what was it the FDA approval. Well, yeah, George Schultz helped them. Yep, skirt. Some of those things, uh, regulatory aspects, and they were able to kind of divert people from looking into it with all the the people that they got on the board with George Schultz yeah. and um, Henry Kissinger was on the board. Yeah, it, just high. The, the amount of firepower on the board, yeah. like I think they were like, "Holy shit, are they going to war?" Like the whole board is like mostly military it, people and. And then she, like, Larry Ellison, like, invested in the company, yeah. like, $100 million Rupert or something. Murdoch? Mur- Mur- yeah, or she is met it with Rupert Murdoch. Murdoch? Yeah. 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 And, like, how, like, she was then starting to control, like, Ooh. like having influence on the narrative and the media. Yeah, and she asked him to actually kill the like, New York sp- Times story, right? <laughs> or the story, yeah. yeah. And he said no, which was amazing to think of um, at the time. But I love how Schultz was like, you called Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. And asked him to kill a story. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, Yeah. Like, totally delusional. Yeah, he gave me money. I met him at a party. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's my friend because her only friends are people she's met through business because yeah. she's not my friend. But I think the interesting thing you said it was built on a house of cards, right? Yeah. I think the idea was built on a dream yeah. that she thought they could develop. And it quickly turned into the house of cards. And... Instead of it falling right away at the first level, just kept building and they just kept getting uh, money and money and money. And that's what, you know, we think we touched on a little bit. In the tech world, when you go through the funding for these startups and the different um, the different um, rounds of funding for the VCs and all that, it's... You're selling an idea. You don't have a finished product. They're giving you millions of dollars because the idea is so great. They and kind of so I know Silicon Valley is a fictional show on HBO. I'm the Pied Piper. <laughs> but there's like Peter Gregory has multiple compression plays. It's like, yeah. He's like they've got it's because not every one of them is gonna pan like one of those one of the five is gonna pan. It's out. a gamble. Yeah. So you know, part it's of just it hedging is, their bet basically. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going making these gambles and a lot of these fail. But the interesting thing is that when they come to these inflection points where they should stop getting funding, they're conning people into giving them more money. There's no progress being made. And the progress is all fake. Yeah. Like the first like demo they did, they like used previous results on the like only working test case that they had. Yeah. And like fooled like this whole investor like yeah. board in Switzerland or something like that. I can't remember. But like just one lie just cascaded into like this false narrative that they just <laughs> I think they the the more you say it, I think the more people just believe it. And maybe it, it will come true. And I mean, we see that in society. Yeah. You, the the 
simple, a simple lie is more people believe that than complicated truth. Yeah. And we see that in the hive mind, the group think is, we actually had, we were at breakfast the other morning, we were talking about something and three out of the four of us said, oh, it's this person. And one person says, no, it's this. And we all get on the phone. We all, we could have let it go. And everybody would have believed what the three of us said. But the one person, the dissenting, who said somebody else, was the one that was right. But we get in this group thing of yeah. where you hear something and it's pass along, pass along, pass along. And now that becomes truth, but it's not. Well, oh, Mozart true. killed somebody by slamming a kid's head at the piano. <laughs> yeah. like, come on, Rickon. But that's that group thing that, like, when it takes over, it takes over and people just. And then when there's a dissenter, right? Like, like Schultz, like Tyler Schultz, yeah. the whistleblower, and Erica Chung, like people are like, "What's your problem?" Yeah, like you do, you don't agree that a woman should be CEO, and it's like that is. Do you not see that it has nothing to do with it? They're literally full of shit. Like, yeah, these people dedicate their life to doing this work, and they see that it's not real, and they're whistleblowing, they're flagging it, and they're the ones that are getting, you know, followed, getting in trouble and, and, and really like, no, and it just caused, it was interesting to see at the end how, you know, when George Schultz comes in and basically gives a letter to, um, Carrie Rue, Carrie Rue, John Carrie Rue in New York times was, it was like basically saying, here's why I thought this way. I was wrong, but never apologizes to, I mean, they say at the the end, end, the end credits. Yeah. He never apologized to his grandson that and and the grandson also lied to him about not being you know the whistleblower and so you know he's saying Elizabeth Holmes is lying and he's also lying so I mean maybe I think George Schultz maybe if he would have if Tower would have said yes it was me but then he still would have thrown his grandson under the bus he's a kid man yeah yeah. You're like an 80 year old dude. Yeah, just chill the like fuck out. Yeah. High up in society. Like, you yeah. got your money, bro. Like, he's a yeah. kid and he's like scared. Yeah. And you're just like, no, nope, never apologizing to you again. You were wrong. And it's like, dude, yeah, he was wrong, but there's a thing called empathy and for- forgiveness. Yeah. Oh, shit. But, anyways. Um, yeah. And it was interesting to see the turn, you know, where the progression of Sonny Belwani and Elizabeth yeah. Holmes' relationship through this. And how easily it was kind of for her at the end just to turn on him. And he's like, you know, like, I know everything. You're on the email. She's like, well, as a CEO, I don't read all the emails. Yeah, you know? I don't just, read all the emails. Yeah. It, it's you're the one who's in charge of the day to day operation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like it's it starts at, like Walgreens catches on. Right. And then the New York Times article comes out and then they're like, well, you know, you're CEO. You didn't you need it. Basically, everybody's like, you need a scapegoat. And everybody obviously is talking about Sonny. Yeah. Whom she just bullies into like every, and he like obviously loves her. And no one knows that they're in a relationship. No, at all. (laughs) Yeah. Which I think I I read like somewhere like in her deposition, like they show the video with her being like interviewed, right? But in real life, the deposition, she says, I don't know, or I don't recall like 600 plus times. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And so either you're just incompetent or you're full of shit. And we all know. It's I don't know why anybody would ever talk 
you know. <laughs> Why would you ever talk during a deposition? Yeah. You know, they talk about, like, deposing, like, Trump and the family. Like, people are expecting them to, like, comment, like, yeah, I didn't pay my taxes. Or, yeah, I didn't do this. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're going to say, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. I, like, because... That's what their high-paid lawyers tell them to do. Like, I, I have a tax attorney for that. I don't recall. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what was the to say, yeah, I knew the machines. I read that email. Yeah, that email from four years ago that yeah. said, like, hey, this test didn't work. Yeah, I read it. Yeah, yeah I read that. I just yeah. thought it was stupid and yeah. ignored it. Yeah. Oh, of course, I don't know. I don't recall. Yeah. I don't recall. Like, what do you expect <laughs> that they're going to do? I mean, we would all do the same thing in that situation and save our own ass. Yeah. Um, most of us probably wouldn't have dragged it out that far to get in that situation. 12 but, years, man. They went 12 years, $140 million invested, yeah. and they didn't come up with jack shit. Yeah. Except for stealing, breaking into Siemens machines. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Taking blood samples, then diluting them, and then running them through a competitor's proprietary technology. And running ones over and over. Like, just the, the prologue where they had the... You know, how many tests that they false test like in Arizona? Yeah, it's it's like amazing. one one false HIV positive yeah like test and and just all yeah just all this other like a lot of people's lives were at stake yeah and they were just playing like oh there's like outlying data like outliers that we, we yeah just, we, we get just rid of that yeah yeah it's like what wait what like yeah. It, yeah, and that's and that's kind of where the interesting part is. Like, she was trying to be a tech company instead of a medical yeah. laboratory testing company. Right. And with the tech companies, yeah, you can create a a true social that fails, and you have a Twitter that that works, or you have Facebook that works, and the um, MySpace who went away, right? But lives aren't at stake. You don't have a MySpace anymore. Uh, my I have that friend with that one guy, that oh, Tom. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm I've got like thirty friends on there. No, Sweet, <laughs> I got like two. Tom, yeah. it's through my Alta Vista email. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to switch from Alta Vista. Yeah, but yeah, just and and then I I haven't done the research and I need to go back and I'm gonna watch the documentary. But yeah. like they the head of that lab, Ian Gibbons. Yeah, right. Like wound up killing himself. Yeah, he committed suicide by pills. Yeah. Like, did he do that in real life? Because yeah. if that's dude, yeah. she should be held liable. She has for no fucking murder. Yeah, she has no conscious about it in the show. And I mean, just imagine. Yeah, they're like Ian died, and she's like, "Okay, let's go get his laptop." Yeah, like yeah, it's and like make it's sure like, Ms. like have his wife sign an NDA. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Miss Coble from Severance. Like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna go take the take the chip out. Like at the funeral. Yeah. Like, the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, just mm-hmm. no sociopathic man. Yeah, like, she's I, a she's a sociopath and and. People I mean, believing she's the next Steve Jobs and just throwing money at her. And then when there's a dissenting voice, it's like, nah, nah, can't be. Nah. I'm going I'm to be loaded. And you see early on, like, when they brought the lady from Apple. Yeah. The, and then she sees it's a house of cards and it leaves. Yeah. And it's Left funny. 20,000 shares of Apple stock on the table to leave Apple. It, yeah. And, and it's interesting to see... That, you know, through Elizabeth's mind, because the ones that were dissenting voices were women, and yeah, she's like, I'm doing this for all the women. The women are like, no, you're going to screw it up for all the rest of us. And with uh, the professor from Stanford that's played by Laurie Metcalf, um, 
and then the lady coming from Apple, and you know even how it ends up you know affecting Emily Chung, or yeah Chung right, um, but she thought she's doing something great for women, but she really she really screwed it up for a few years, you know, where you don't trust. Yeah. That because you're going to see a blonde hair, blue eyed. Well, that's what it said in the, in the, in credits. It's yeah. like some women have been told to change their hair color because they look too much like Elizabeth Holmes. Like the perception of women in Silicon Valley has just been tarnished because of it, her. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, at the end of the day, you got to go with, with data and facts. If they that's can't right. produce it, you got to bail. That's right. And they were very secretive about it. Remember, like they brought that guy in from Walgreens yeah. to like look at the lab, and they're like, "He's a he's working for a competitor. Like and he's working for CVS on the down low." I, it's so interesting because <laughs> working, you and I work for rather large companies. There's no way that they would invest in this without the due diligence. Yeah, and if they say sorry, we can't. The lab, large companies. There's no authoritative power to invest in that. Maybe tech companies, maybe the, but large companies typically will not take that risk. So it's just interesting to see how Walgreens basically said, you know, was like, oh, we're going to take that risk because Elizabeth Holmes and Sonny are leaving to go to Boston to meet with CVS. It's playing and, against each other. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like, okay, well... Oh, yeah, no, it was like, yeah, they had CVS at the office, and then, like, CVS left, and she was like, oh, I'm flying to Boston to see, like, LabCorp or something. Oh, yeah, Like, yeah. somebody else, and it was it was another, like, minute clinic or whatever, yeah. and it was just... And they were like, oh, my God, we're getting outplayed here. And it's like, dog eat dog, but, dude, you haven't seen shit. Yeah. Like, why take the gamble of, like, everybody around you is telling you, except for Dr. J, like, thanks a lot, uh, what yeah. was his name in succession? Connor, thanks a lot, yeah. Connor. Yeah, like Connor Roy. Yeah, like everything doesn't add up, and you're just taking the bet because you're afraid that your competitor is going to beat you, and you're going to get ousted by the shareholders. Yeah. But you've seen no actual data. Fine, if you don't like that lab guy, then I'm going to hire another guy that has no connection to CVS. Yeah, I, I don't. I just didn't understand the logic, and yeah, it was all like short. You know, they had to strike when the iron is hot and yeah. all that. But yeah, and so I mean, we don't. We get see. You know, the end is, you know, the the show Elizabeth is now with the new boyfriend yeah. and the lawyers kind of like, I gave my life to you. <laughs> which the, she was in Casual, which is also on Hulu. Yeah. It's a show about dating. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. You should watch it. I've she's, seen that. She's it was, great in it. Yeah. 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 She's a really good uh, actor in this one. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it's like some real stuff, you know, in real life that that guy, they end up having like yeah, a kid a right kid. before the trial. Yeah. And so I think some people said that was sympathy, try to get sympathy for sentencing and stuff. But I think Sonny Balwani's on trial now, or is just yeah, about he's start. Up next. Yeah. So I and mean, she's I, like claimed abuse by him, and I mean, we saw in well, the last episode he like it gets pretty physically imposing. I don't know the. Truth I think both any of, that, of them manipulated each other throughout absolutely. the years. <laughs> so they were both molded. They were both. Um, it's the age difference was so weird, dude. Yeah. Just like it was almost like grooming. Like yeah, it was he, so weird. They were grooming each other over the year, but yeah. I think, I mean, when, when he met her, she was, like, a college freshman, right? I yeah. mean, she was, so... I love when they first met, he looks, like, all disheveled, and he's, like, a fucking millionaire. Yeah. And by the end of the show, he's, like, got a Lamborghini, and he's, like, he's looking like a CEO, like a CEO yeah, yeah. should, you know? But 
Yeah, it just yeah. So the, it ends and they're screwed and so yeah, he's she's been found guilty. Yeah, and so he's on trial for like wire fraud and fraud, yeah, and conspiracy and other stuff. But uh, her sentencing, I think, is coming up in September. Yeah, it's coming up this year. I mean, she'll get she'll she'll get she could face twenty years. I don't think she's going to get twenty years, but she may get twenty years. But it's going to be out of a white collar prison, and she'll yeah. be playing tennis with the same place Martha Stewart went to prison. Yeah, through. house arrest. For yeah, a little bit. Yeah, or some, or parole after so many years. All of what. 35. Well, 12 years ago, she, uh, 30. She's probably around 35. She does, yeah, she's getting close to my age. Oh, uh, maybe, I don't know. And she can't run it. She can't be a CEO of a company or she can't. For 10 years, For right? like 10 years, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, like, of course, the, the article, right, didn't do anything to shut down the company. Yeah. It took them reporting them to, uh, not, not the FDA, but some other Medicare, Medicaid, like, auditing service. And they did an investigation. They shut her down for like two years. Their lab, finally. Well, and that's what killed it. That's that was the turning point. Yeah, yeah. And what Elizabeth Holmes, thirty eight years old. So she's thirty eight, dude. Yeah, let's she's say, halfway between you and I. Yeah, let's say Max. She does ten. She'll be out by forty eight. She'll be eligible to run another company. Yeah, for sure. She'll just be. She'll just become a, a public speaker and write a book. That's all she'll do. Yeah, she can go and yeah. talk about. You know, she'll do speaking engagements, write a book. Oh, Wolf of Wall Street, man. Jordan Belfort. Yeah. The art of selling. She'll just be the art of starting yeah. your own company and just don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, just house of cards. So <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I think, I mean, it was, uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was the best of, like, the rip from the headlines tech kind of shows. Between yeah. that, we crashed and, and super pumped. Uh, but I think. I would recommend watching the documentary and maybe listening to the dropout podcast that also was kind of behind the show and doing a lot of the digging on the stuff like we did around uh, like uh, Fuse, Fuse and, and the people involved, Ian Gibbons, yeah. like you really did commit suicide oh and gosh, the professors, dude. like all these people are real people. There's no made yeah. up people. He like committed suicide because he was being subpoenaed or deposed he don't, he and like would have to testify. Like, he knew it was bullshit. He knew he was, yeah, and he knew he was screwed because his names were attached, like, their names oh, the were tied together and, in the patents. Yeah. And, but, um, yeah, and so I think I recommend it um, yeah. to watch. So Definitely. what about you, yeah? Yeah, Hulu, it's, like, eight or nine episodes. I can't it's remember. It's an easy watch. You yeah. can. It's a two-screener. You can watch. You can be on your phone and it's, watch it. It's not a heavy watch like Severance. Yeah. Like, it's a, like, I definitely watched it, like, yeah. with, 75% of my yeah. faculties. But, yeah, definitely go watch it. Um, you know, it's just one of the few tech struggling, you yeah. know, kind of TV shows out there. But so I watched that, and then uh, I want to talk a little bit about – so I was in Boston and went to yeah, the movie Yeah, let's, let's talk about your movie theater. Yeah. We're going to shift gears and listen to Mike's movie theater experience. Yeah, so I went to the IMAX in Boston and uh, went to see Ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal. I've seen – the trailer for that. I yeah. love how it says ambulance and they highlight L.A. in yellow. Like, to yeah. know, like, hey, it's taking place in L.A. Just so, yeah, the and opening credits is, like, Los Angeles. And then the L and the A turn yellow, and it's, like, L.A. <laughs> it's, like, in case I didn't know. Yeah. It, got it. <laughs> we've seen this city in a million movies. <laughs> what is it? Um, On Heat, El Pacino's, like, we work for the L.A.P.D. Police <laughs> Department. And it's, like, I think you only need a P.D. in there, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so the trailer I think says see it in theaters. Like 
somewhere I saw, like, don't watch it at home, watch it in the theater. Yeah. It was worth it in theaters. I mean, somewhat predictable uh, storyline. Good action. It's a Michael Bay movie, man. So, you know. It is Michael Bay. It's Michael Bay. There's going to be shit blowing up. There's going to (laughs) be shots going off. Like Car chase? Is there, like, well, I guess the whole thing. It's a whole car chase. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh. It's all a car chase. It's like two brothers fighting, uh, and they're like not actually brothers, right? They're just yeah. like an adopted adopted brothers or whatever. But um, yeah, it's just like Michael Bay was like, God, I love Heat. I know it's made in L.A. What can I do to just try to reach that level? I got an idea. I'm gonna have two guys. I'm gonna have a bunch of guys rob a bank, and two of them get away in a stolen ambulance, and I'm gonna turn the volume all the way up. <laughs> It just blasts the shit out of people's ears with like AR fifteen fire and shotguns and how did your friend characterize the song with? What did he say? Yeah. Literally during the movie he's looking over at me and he's like, It's so loud. And it really was. Yeah. And as soon as the movie's over, we're walking out and there's this like really nice person and they have like a like a like an iPad and they're like, So now that the movie's over, we'd really love to get your feedback on how the movie was. And my buddy, who like definitely had his ears blown out because it was so loud, just looked at her and was like, Yeah. It was really fucking loud, like <laughs> almost yelling it in the lobby. And yeah. like I start laughing and the person starts laughing who's holding the iPad. And we just like walk out of there and he's like ringing his ears. <laughs> it was so loud. Like it, like a kid just got left with a volume knob and just cranked it. <laughs> and we were like middle of the theater. So probably the sweet spot for the, for the acoustics. Yeah. But it was so loud. But it was, I mean, it was good. I mean, it was somewhat predictable. But I mean, there were just parts where like, the ambulance comes to a dead end in L.A., and it's like a hill, like, is like at the end of the dead end. And if they had gone through it, they'd gone down the hill. And they're yeah. just like, and they stop. And it's like, oh, sweet. But they're being chased by cops. And this cop, like, literally, like, blo- like hits his brakes but blows through the, like, dead end sign yeah. and goes down the hill. And my buddy and I just look at each other and just start laughing. And we're like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like... Dude, that ambulance weighs three times as much as that it, fucking cop car, and, and it just and, stopped on a dime. Yeah, it was just it was just no way. But it was good. Um, I think I gave it like a five and a half or six out of ten. Um, definitely see it in theaters if you want to see it. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was good. I mean, he definitely dialed it up. But it was it was a good it was a good story. I was gonna say, how would you rank it from? Um like I was trying. What was the Michael Bay movie? Was it Michael Bay where um, it's Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery on Alcatraz? Oh, The Rock. The Rock is that Michael Bay? Oh man, and I think he even quotes that. I don't know that that's Michael Bay. It feels like a Michael Bay. Because I was gonna say, how does it rank between like Transformers and The Rock? Like in Michael Bay, <laughs> there's probably more. There's definitely more gunfire in this movie than any Michael Bay movie ever. <laughs> And the explosions is probably on par with a Transformer movie. Yeah, who directed the? Yeah, rock? Michael Bay, I think. Uh, let's see. Yep, director Michael Bay. Oh yeah, dude. So I, that's what I'm saying. Like that has to be a Michael Bay movie because it's yeah. like they're shit like shit blowing up, just <laughs> ridiculous plot line, like those green little balls like hanging. <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah, the the the, the neurotoxin. Yeah, yeah Nicholas Cage going full. Oh, I wish Nick it was Nicholas Cage in ambulance. No, he, but oh. he he could have been. Yeah. Do you ever see the comedian episode where Abed takes uh, the movies of Nicholas Cage class, I and think they I tell did. him not to watch uh, like more than two at a time. <laughs> yeah. But he watches it for straight, and he's like, 
is Nicolas Cage good or bad? Like, like, <laughs> like they're going through the whole thing and it, like it drives them insane. But it's just <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, so it was good. I mean, it was worth. I mean, it was. It, you it never was, expect it was a, like it was a matinee on like a Sunday. Yeah, or, uh, uh, like a. It was a matinee on a Saturday, so yeah. we paid all of like ten dollars a ticket. Yeah, yeah. So if you get a good deal, go see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I miss like seeing movies in the theater, especially oh, loud. Yeah. You know that experience. So I love big movie theaters, dude. Like, yeah, there's one downtown that I love going to. I just love big movie theaters, like it was back in the twenties, where it's like huge and elegant, and you just sit there and you got your <laughs> tub of popcorn, and you're yeah. just like putting your dirty fingers in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's funny because you mentioned The Rock. I think like they even quote like from The Rock during that movie. He's like, losers losers say they try, but winners go home and fuck the prom queen. And I, I think Jalen Hall <laughs> says that. And the guy's like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I think it's he like, quotes The Rock in it. It's like, does Nick Cage say that? <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, Jake Jalen Hall looked pretty good. He, like, they go to rob this bank. It's like in the beginning, yeah. and he's like, the cop knocks on the door, and he's like, "What can I do for you, officer?" And he's like, "We're in a turtleneck." Like it was yeah. a good Jill and Hall movie, but it was like a military just... turtleneck, like a white. Oh turtleneck. yeah, oh it was a black one oh. with a blazer over it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was spot on for a bank manager. Spot yeah. on. Yeah, nice. So go see it, man. You know, if you want to get your ears blasted and just see a bunch. Yeah, of shit. I have to see a movie. I think I want to see. <laughs> if you want to see a heat rip off? There, go see that. There's a movie I want to see every. It's called. Um, Everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a looks like a multiverse kung fu type of action movie, which looks like it'd be fun to see in the theater. So I have to try to look into doing that soon because it'd be nice to go to the theater. Maybe you find like an afternoon where no one's there, people yeah. are still in school, and go see a movie. Yeah, but. just get an empty theater where it's like you and like two other schmucks. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the best. For me, that's the best movie theater experience. That's where I, 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 I watched Your Highness with James Franco awesome. and Danny McBride. For, <laughs> it's the stupidest movie ever, but I saw it at like 11 o'clock at night on a Tuesday. Like, when it first came out, it was brilliant because no one was in the theater. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, I have to do that. I watched... Um, a couple of things. So I, I want to kind of wrap it up soon, but I wanted to talk a little bit about um, a show called Atlanta. Yeah, which, with Donald Glover or uh, Childish Gambino. Yeah, the uber talented Donald Glover. Um, it's on its third season, four episodes in. It's on FX or Hulu. And as Mike mentioned, Donald Glover, who was hired years ago as a 23-year-old to ride on 30 Rock with Tina Fey. He's a rapper, Childish Gambino. He was in Community, Troy Barnes. Um, he's multifaceted, multi-talented, has a stand-up special. I think it's his only one. It's called Weirdo on mm -hmm. Netflix. Uh, came out years ago but you can catch it there he's just just super talented and super real with everything that he does and atlanta uh so i had heard about this show for many years uh it first came out like four or five years ago and the first two seasons can in, in season three which just came out after four years it's been four years between season two and season three dang and two of it was because of COVID. Like oh, it was, it, it was written in 2019, season three, but then they didn't start shooting it till, um, like 
sometime last year, I guess, uh, like during COVID. But it's such a unique show. So, and just the background of the show, it follows. It's it's about a city, and listening to people talk about it that are from Atlanta, it was big shoes to to title a show after a city. Um, but he's from Atlanta. Him and his brother Stephen Glover wrote and produced, and they have other writers and stuff. But it's about Donald Glover's character Ern and his cousin Alfred, who's known as Paperboy, and their friend Darius and Ern's baby mama Van and their kid Lottie. It's the basic characters of the show, but it's about them living in Atlanta, Paperboy becoming famous off a of mixtape getting play on the radio and just it's really about culture and their lives and just the show in general after recently watching seasons one and seasons two Mm -hmm. and now watching season three it's really not about plot it's just about culture and i mean there's plot but you you know just for example First episode of season three has nobody until the very last shot of the show from the none of the main characters. Mm. And it's a great episode, and you and I were talking. It's about a real-life situation where these two white lesbian couples adopt all these, you know, underprivileged um, African-American kids, and... They basically end up driving off a cliff, and in real life, I think they killed all of the kids. But yeah. in this episode, one of the kids, Laquarius, escapes. Is that they renamed him Larry? Hmm. And one of the things that, and I apologize for not knowing the the real kid's name that it happened to in real life. I think it was in Washington or California. Yeah, it was California, but. Yeah. They basically had, like, this kid take a picture hugging a cop, which also happens in this episode, and it became like, hey, we're, look at this, the country is healing because yep. this, this little African-American kid is hugging a cop, and then next thing you know, these parents drive off a cliff and they all die. Yeah. <laughs> like, into the, you know, so, but in the show, just how... Donald Glover explores that situation and just you get to see from you know different eyes and different experience you know there's one part of the movie or the show where the kid they (laughs) this couple is they make their own kombucha and they go to a farmer's market yeah and Laquarius who when he goes into, and the episode's called Three Slaps, and the reason why he goes into this foster home is because he got in trouble at school, and it's basically like he's in a white school, and the class did something well, and they're surprising them with a field trip to see Black Panther 2, and so he starts dancing in front of the class, and gets to the principal's office, and the parent, the mom and the grandfather get called down, and she's like, I told you to stop dancing for them white kids. You're entertaining. Like, he's being the class clown, you know, for a room full of white kids, right? He's excited to see Black Panther too. yeah. Yeah. But he he's excited, but looking at it through 
a lens, you know, of of different races and cultures. Like it said, oh, like oh, he's there to entertain. Mm. You know, the mom's looking at you're not there to entertain them. Mm-hmm. You're a person, right? Yeah, yeah. But then they're out in the hall, and the teacher's watching them, and the grandfather. The episode's called Three Slaps. Our slap theme from earlier. With yeah. The, he just goes, he goes, backhand, forehand, backhand, like real quick on the kid. Sure. So the teacher who saw calls Child Protective Services, and they come take him out of the home, basically, just for seeing that slap in, in there. So he goes to live with his family, and they're, you know, they're microwaving raw chicken and putting flour on it, like feeding it to these kids. They're, it's just, it's like an awful, but these people think they're doing a great job. Right. But they go, they go to the farmer's market and they have a shirt on the kid that says free hugs. And this white hipster kid, your white hipster guy goes up to him and says, is your father's name hugs? Like oh assuming gosh. he's in jail, yeah. like saying free hugs. Yeah. And it's just like, you can see that happening in society because we still have a problem, you know, especially in the South and this takes place in, in Georgia. I mean, we experience this in a lot of the South, especially there's still a big problem with, with racism and, and perception of different cultures. Yeah. And I think Donald Glover does a great job exploring that through the show. And there's even like episodes, you know, they go to Europe in season three on a tour and like, it's all these white people that love him. You know, he's becoming famous in Europe and they go to the Netherlands and there's, um, you know, tradition with Schwate Pete or something they call it. And it's, but they're, they, people show up at a concert in blackface and they, they don't perform. Mm, And, but it's, it's just like one culture is like, this is our norm here in Amsterdam of doing this, but it's really, it shouldn't be anybody's culture. Right. 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 But he just, he, but he makes like a show that's like culture relevant, comedic, um, exploratory in how racism affects and doesn't affect and affect, you know, what's going on in the world and in in the first couple of seasons in Atlanta versus, you know, different parts of the world. Yeah. But they give them like the license to explore where he can talk about like one episode he does, like I said, season three, first episode doesn't have any main characters. Second, third, they're on this tour in Europe. The fourth episode, none of the characters again. And Justin Bartha from The Hangover, um, the one that they can't find. Uh, yeah, he's what's his stuck name? on the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doug. I'll Doug. be your Doug. Doug. Yeah. It's like the character of the show, and but it's about basically reparations, and it's like a fantasy kind of envisioning of what that would be like, but it doesn't have any of the characters from the show either. Like Mm. two of the first four episodes are completely separate. And there's like some kind of standalone episodes. There's a whole episode where Paperboy goes to a barber and the barber gets called away and he goes around with them the whole episode, like Mm. to various shenanigan type things, but it doesn't progress like a story. Like there's no linear kind of storyline. But it's like a fun world. Uh, say some, it's fun. It's sad. It's exciting. It's but it's it's a really 
like I found like anything that Donald Glover does, like I found myself wanting to spend more time in there. And that's yeah. like Atlanta. Like it's just it's totally like I think everybody should you watch it and enjoy it. But it also opens a lot of eyes to there. There's one funny thing that I was listening to Van Lathan and Rembrandt, um, Rembrandt Brown, who do this podcast called The Midnight Boys. Um, and they one of them's from Atlanta. Uh, Rembrandt, Rembrandt's from Atlanta and Van Lathan's from Baton Rouge. So they grew up in the South, you know, um, and they were talking about how, and this happens in episode three of the season, Paperboy has a hat on, and some white woman runs and takes his hat off his head. What? And so I'm thinking, like, literally, it, it started thinking, and they were talking about this. It, that's not, like, a thing in, in black culture, where, like, I remember being in college and at parties, and white girls are will run around and take the hat off your head and put it like on and yeah, wear it around yeah. the party. But that doesn't happen. Like they were talking about that's never happened to us <laughs> except for like around white women at college parties. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's not a thing in the culture because they're like, if there weren't a hat, it's typically because their hair is not, you know, the, that's what Van Lathan was yeah, explaining. Yeah. Like, you know, because our hair is all messed up. Yeah, they're not like, having a good hair day. They're and that's why I wear a hat. Like, if I don't want to oh, fix see, my hair yeah. or I didn't take a shower or whatever. Yeah. So, like, when people take the hat off. But it's, like, it's, it's just these little culture things <laughs> that they that they explore in there. And I remember that moment in the show. And then I listened to podcasts, like, a week later or a couple of days later where they were talking about it. I'm, like, because he's, like, <laughs> paper was, like, the fuck like he's all like <laughs> why did that lady take a like, hat off my head and run yeah and i'm like oh my god they used to have it at parties like it's like that's true i do remember and, that and then yeah. and then it's like they're talking about the podcast like <laughs> this is wild but yeah i mean i went on a little too a bit i could talk episode by episode but I mean, all the episodes are good and but it's i mean it's a 45 minute show and it's, it's on fx right yeah yeah so you watch on Hulu. Hulu, that's right. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, they. I mean, the they do. If you have cable, they are. Um, it is a current season. I think it's Thursday or Friday. The new episodes come out on on FX. But that's really a great show. And I think you know we. You know, I think as part of what we do in podcasts, we kind of we try to bring perspective and input on a lot of different shows. So I think, you know, especially like, you know, us being like two, like normal, like basic white boys, like adding, you know, making sure that we're also watching different types of shows that are outside our, our normal watching besides, you know, but I think that's where, you know, we were talking about Gerard Carmichael uh, as well today, where if you don't know him, he plays a character in the movie Neighbors, <laughs> the, one of the, my favorite part of the whole movie. But he's done like three specials now on Comedy Central, and I saw him years ago open up for um, Aziz Ansari at the Toyota Center here in Houston. It was my favorite part of the whole show. Mm. He has a new um, comedy special that came out um last Friday or the Friday before that where it's called Rothaniel and he basically comes out as uh, as as gay and t- 
talks about how it affected his family, but he sets it up with how about love of his family and then how they've kind of not talking to him now that he's come out, right? Mm. And but it's it all circles back to his first joke is finished at the very end of the show and he explores all these tangents. But it's like it's a different it's not like a typical stand up comedy set, but it's I mean it's like, it's like a train of consciousness. He's just going. Yeah. And he did Saturday Night Live after that, and uh, like he had a good wore this like white suit with no shirt underneath it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like he looked looked pretty fly, uh, baller. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was a big weekend for him. Um, I think two weekends ago when all that came out, but uh, you know, so if uh, explore Atlanta, explore Donald Glover, explore Gerard Carmichael. Yeah, I've seen one of his. You recommended Love at the Store. Yeah, that yeah, was the so first one I saw. Is, is so great. Yeah, but he's just a good storyteller, and he kind of asks questions and then answers himself. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are a couple of my recommendations. Um, the stuff I've been watching lately. I can't wait for the next episode of Atlanta, and um, you know, we've got we got a lot of shows coming up. So a lot of shows. Yeah, and we'll definitely be bringing some diversity because I'm next week. I'm going to talk about below deck sailing yacht. So oh yeah, I'm just kidding. The, <laughs> I am below, watching that, but I won't subject you. Oh to man, that. come on. We gotta <laughs> find out. Like, do they find love below deck? And oh you know. yeah, there's lots of loving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we. You know, when does the bachelor start? We need to do. A... I think I saw that on the watch. They were oh they were talking about Top Chef on the watch. Oh yeah, well, and that's the thing. They watched Top Chef and it's in Houston. I didn't even know. It was really? In, yeah. If you listen to their episodes, like I used, I was for a while just stopping at Top Chef. Yeah. When they would start talking about that. Yeah. But I started listening, and they, this season's been in Houston. Yeah. And so they were talking about they did something at a high school football stadium, and um, they were doing a lot with some local chefs uh, in in Houston. So I remember. Hearing about it at some point during COVID that they were going to be at certain restaurants and then I it faded off what they were going to do yeah or, or they were going to have certain chefs involved so I'm more of a chopped kind of guy but <laughs> I mean I'll watch Top Chef man you sure you're not Top Chef Junior uh, uh, I, I, I know how to make a pizza what about is it cake have you seen that on Netflix. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> That started off with like videos on Instagram, and now it's turned into a TV show. No way! For I, was I used to see something like, "Oh, it's like a little puppy," and then they would like chop its head off, and it's like a cake inside. And I was like, "That's weird." And now it's all of a sudden a TV show. I I was genuinely curious. Is like I saw that as like, "Is it cake?" And then I hovered on it, and it started playing the trailer or whatever. And I'm like, "What kind of show is this?" <laughs> yeah. Like. But uh, who it's like someone famous hosted or uh, yeah, I don't know. There's so much stuff on Netflix so much, right now. There's so much content. I mean, I'm watching Below Deck Sailing Yacht, and it's a reality TV show on a boat, man. So I, there's so much content out there. It's there's hey, last, stuff for everybody. Last time I was in Baton Rouge, I watched like Airplane Repo. Oh they were, yeah, they were. It was on one of the like Discovery Channel or something. <laughs> they were retelling stories how the these people go. Repo airplanes, <laughs> like crop, crop dusters, <laughs> jets. So like, the ten of us got into the uh, Antonov AN two twenty five. Rest in peace. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just crazy stories, man. Yeah, but yeah, so we got a lot. So we'll be 
this comes out Friday, and yep. we'll we'll be back sometime next week. So I said we're gonna do every Friday, and we're gonna throw in some Monday Tuesday releases, especially as we get going with with Apple shows that are coming out on Friday. You know, we're we're finding with different release dates coming up we need to um, like i'm assuming barry maybe sunday night that's probably gonna be a sunday show so when we start talking about barry you know we'll probably have to get together monday or tuesday to release something early in the week and then or or we'll release that later in the week and talk about the friday saturday sun friday saturday shows yeah we'll look at the schedule because yeah there's no telling what barry may be like a wednesday show because yeah uh, the uh, Game of Thrones prequels coming out, and no doubt that's going to be a Sunday show, just like Game of Thrones was. Well, I think that's August, right? Yeah, August twenty oh, yeah, first. Later, yeah. So, so we should be done with Barry. Barry yeah. will be done. That's yeah. coming out in April. Yeah, into April. Yeah, it's coming up like two weeks. Yeah, and just a reminder too. Also coming up here soon is uh, Russian Dolls uh, second mm. season. That watched the first season was pretty good. Natasha Leone and uh, she's I think, good. I think that's her name. The big red, red yeah, the, head. yeah, the redhead, yeah, from uh, American Pie, yeah, and, uh, uh, Orange is the New Black, yeah, yeah, that's a good show. And then we have Barry coming out. We have second half of Ozark, which we oh, recorded coming. our review of the trailer, the two minute I'll trailer. Drop that as a bonus segment, yeah, yeah, add a yeah. Let's Just let's a little bonus. Drop. That was the only thing that was um, that made it through our. Um, <laughs> Our audio our technical, flub, but technical yeah. difficulties. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's drop our let's just cut and paste and drop our little quick twenty minute yeah. review of the two minute trailer. Anything else, Mike? I think that's it for me, man. I'm glad to be back home. I'm exhausted. I got like five yeah. hours of sleep the whole time in Boston, and uh, yeah, so it's good to be back. Good to have you over, and we'll be dropping this episode uh, yeah. on Friday. Glad you only have two jobs. Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to get a second second, second job. Second job. <laughs> How's your second life? Oh, I hadn't been keeping up with it. <laughs> I'm a sports a guitar, writer in yeah. Philly with a guitar sl- yeah. <laughs> slung on my back. Enjoy. I'm, I'm an assistant to the regional manager. Uh, <laughs> in a, for a paper company. Yeah, for yeah. a paper company. <laughs> we still got to drop that office special. Oh, yeah. So. That, that'll be one of our top fivers <laughs> that we drop here soon. But, yeah, appreciate everybody for joining. Uh, you know, be sure to follow us on Spotify and, and uh, Google Podcasts. And uh, be sure to look at our Instagram page. Uh, can we kick it pod and uh, email us at can we kick it pod one at gmail.com? Peace. <laughs>